platform. So for this episode, I'm glad to welcome Ms. Nikita Bengani from Quest Alliance. Quest Alliance is a not-for-profit trust that equips young people with 21st century skills by enabling self-learning. Quest Alliance designs scalable solutions that enable educators to address critical gaps for quality education and skills training. Uh, Nikita has over 12 years of experience in the domain of youth development and skilling with focus on creating meaningful learning experiences. Nikita leads the product development team at Quest Alliance and works at the intersection of product development and marketing. Hi Nikita, how are you? Hi Pragya, I'm good. How are you? Good too and thank you for joining. A pleasure to have you today. I'm excited about being here as well. Thank you for having me. Okay, so my first question to you, Nikita, is that we know that India is a young nation. Uh, we know that uh, over 180 million people are going to join the workforce in the next 15 years. So I understand there is a serious need for quality education and skilling in order to increase their employability quotient. Uh, so with a critical need to address this issue so that India's youth becomes its greatest asset, how do you think self-employment can fill this gap? Yes, uh, yes, Pragya. So I think for me, uh, I want to just emphasize on the point about what is the problem that we're sitting on before I talk about self-employment, right? So if you look at the fact that India has about 180 million young people who are ready to enter the world of work, but there still seems to be a huge gap in terms of how many people actually finally make that transition, right? And there are two types of mismatches that we all witness, right? One is that there are all of these jobs that are getting created, but perhaps a lot of young people do not have the right skills uh, to match these jobs. The other kind of mismatch that we're sitting on also is that, you know, there are all of these young people who are actually skilled and who have these, uh, you know, aspirations uh, to do certain things a certain way, but they're not able to find jobs which allow them to do things those ways, right? So hence, these young people who are skilled and ready don't find the jobs and hence remain unemployed. So, so I think somewhere the problem that one needs to solve for is that how do we look at bringing this balance between demand and supply and look at solving the problem at both ends, right? That how do we as uh, training providers really bring in the demand side and like see what are the changes that are happening on the industry side and how do we actually equip our young, our young people to actually deal with those changes and really get them ready for that uh, world of work. But at the same time, also focusing on the aspirations of young people and helping them think through their career development, career journeys in ways that their interests and abilities can actually be channelized towards the right careers that suit their uh, skill sets, right? So I think a lot of the work needs to be done on, on, on this aspect of bringing a balance between demand and supply for this demographic dividend to be capitalized upon. 
The yeah. other aspect that you spoke about in terms of self-employment, I completely agree that needs to be a stronger focus of, you know, our, our trainings and even as, as organizations who work with young people because increasingly with the kind of changes all of us are seeing with automation coming in, the world of work changing very fast. There are a lot of jobs created, but there are a lot of jobs that are shrinking as well. And hence, uh, you know, training young people on self-employment becomes more and more critical. Uh, and if you look at the pandemic as well, you know, a lot of young people have migrated back to states, uh, you know, and to their hometowns. Uh, and one of the things that continues to sort of happen is that especially in states like Bihar, Jharkhand, even a lot of the states in the Northeast, there are not a lot of industries uh, that, that exist, right? And hence, uh, for these guys, when they go back, there is pretty much no avenues to be productively employed in a, in a job, right? So for them, more and more, it becomes critical that they find local opportunities, uh, you know, and, and look at opportunities on self-employment, you know, and, and which, which not only generates an employment for themselves, but even for a lot of other people in the region, right? And hence, I think a lot of focus needs to be on building... Uh, you know, skills of self-employment. And, and I think self-employment is not just, uh, you know, a skill, but in some sense, it's a mindset, right? Having an entrepreneurial mindset is really about being able to look at problems as opportunities, being able to find, uh, you know, the solutions, have a certain ability to take that risk and dive in, uh, being able to take those calculated risks. So a lot of it is about these mindsets, right? And, and these mindsets are helpful for not just entrepreneurs, but actually for any young person, right? Because with the way the world is changing, I think uh, we need to keep sort of, uh, you know, updating. thinking about problems a certain way and up yeah. updating and upskilling ourselves. Yeah. So yeah, so self-employment is definitely a great, uh, has a great potential and we, we all can do a lot more in that space. Yeah, yeah. So what role do you think a self-learning mindset plays in making our youth job ready? I'll talk a little bit about what is self-learning right first. So for us as Quest, you know, our vision as an organization is to enable more and more young people to be self-learners. And what we mean by self-learners are, uh, you know, a certain set of characteristics. And these would be characteristics like uh, self-awareness, curiosity, uh, ability to negotiate ability to reflect and self-learning is really about also being able to uh, you know have a certain agency to take decisions uh, for oneself and when we talk about self-learning uh, you know in our context of, uh, of teaching and learning it's, it's really about being able to create uh, the right conditions for young people to exercise that agency in a learning process right and you know all of us is, uh, at Quest really lead with the thought process that every young person has an ability to succeed and thrive uh, if they don't, then it's really about the fact that they've not have had the enabling conditions to actually succeed and thrive. So for us, you know, as at Quest, our, our constant uh, battle is that how do we actually create these enabling conditions for young people in such a way that, uh, you know, they're actually being able to be set up for success. And, and this reminds me of this conversation, right, in the movie Karate Kid, where Mr. Miyagi, uh, you know, tells Daniel that how there is no such thing as a bad student, uh, but there's only a bad teacher, uh, right? If a young person right, right. fails. So for us, like, it, it's really about that, that how do we create uh, these self-learning mindsets and create uh, these confidence uh, in young people to really, like, you know, go out uh, fearlessly and chart out their career journeys in the manner that they would like. And, and how do we actually, uh, you know, get them to feel this way? So, 
So for a lot of us, uh, you know, at Quest, our idea is that when any young person walks into our program, uh, how do they decide what do they need to learn? How do they have a heightened self-awareness? How do they call out their goals? And then what they're actually learning is linked to that process. So I feel like if if a young person has an ability and has this ability to uh, sort of exercise caution and exercise uh, agency, I think they are quite uh, highly uh, in a space to succeed. And uh, you know, and, and and I think in this changing world, uh, self learning could be really that critical piece which makes young people more and more adaptable to deal with this change and still stay with this ambiguity, but still keep sort of walking forward. Uh, you know with the confidence yeah yeah agreed so you mentioned a very interesting phrase uh, that was this changing world right this world is really really changing uh, the pandemic has posed us with challenges which we could actually never imagine before so uh, and of course online has become big uh, so how have you tackled with these challenges yeah so as quest you know for us one of the things uh, that we we invest in uh, you know very consciously there are a couple of things right one uh, for us to be able to be on top of how the world is changing and i know all of us no matter how much we do and how much research and trend analysis we do there's never uh, going to be enough you know to be on top of everything but but still you know we consciously do keep investing in uh, looking at trends analysis so we've put out a white paper that talks about future of work and hence what the future of learning could look like and hence how do we prepare young people of today to be able to deal with this challenging times so that's one thing to be able to sort of be you know in on top of what is happening around us and what does it mean for uh, our young people so that's one the second thing is that as quest we've always been a great advocate of looking at technology as a key enabler in uh, in in creating a very very uh, meaningful teaching learning experiences so from from that perspective you know as pandemic hit uh, you know and and a lot of uh, education institutions whether it's school whether it's vocation training centers a lot of them shut right uh, the big question in front of everybody was that how do we actually continue to do teaching and learning processes and at quest uh, you know one of our key philosophies has been that we want to use uh, a blended learning approach to our teaching learning processes and when we really talk about blend it's sort of a mix of two things right that one is how do we create avenues for young people to have self paced learning which is led with technology so you pretty much give them uh, you know a lot of interesting content around skills like english communication life skills career development digital literacy and all of these things uh, you know uh, and 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 this content can be like really simple very relevant gamified uh, you know interactive so you know this this creates this opportunity for young person to learn in their own pace anytime anywhere fearlessly mm-hmm. they're not being constantly judged by somebody that oh yeah. it took me five attempts to understand the lesson right so it creates a certain confidence it gives that agency that I was talking about earlier for the young people to learn so that's one part of the blend right that how do we really create a space for self paced learning for young people where they can actually learn on their uh, own in their own time and space so then for this part also if they need help from somebody they can of course seek it so self learning is also not about learning alone but being able to know what i want to learn and how i want to learn or who do i want to learn with so that's one aspect the other critical thing is to uh, you know continue to have the human element very intact through trainer led or teacher led teaching learning processes uh, you know where you still come together as a group of learners you reflect together you learn together you share 
there is a lot of peer engagement that happens so when you look at the blend where the self paced learning and trainer led learning comes together i think that is when success happens for a young person mm-hmm. because then because the big sort of you know uh, the flip side of technology led learning can always be that it could get very isolating and after a point it could get boring and mundane but when you have a key ingredient of a human element still alive in the form of teaching learning processes uh, with the trainer i think that sort of balance between the two really helps learning to happen and hence uh, you know so for us when pandemic hit and we already had these models in place we could very easily pivot to virtual learning where we could still give students a very interesting relevant content on their uh, mobile devices or any other form of uh, access they had to technology uh, to also being able to do virtual sessions with other uh, learners and trainers right so so in some sense we could continue learning but but i think the big gap that that got heightened as a result of pandemic is the realization that you know how much as a country we lack access to technology right and especially if you look at the bottom billion a uh, very very yeah. few percentage of young learners uh, you know have access to phones and this problem becomes actually even worse when it comes to our women learners because they are the last one in the line to receive access to uh, you know any form of technology so yeah so in some sense we could continue teaching and learning but but now we're trying a lot of innovative models such as mobile libraries uh, or like looking at more audio based solutions or looking at tv based solutions to continue learning in the times of pandemic as well so we uh, as quest have you know a digital learning platform called quest app uh, you know which we've developed for young people to train them on skills like uh, career development life skills financial literacy uh, you know and and the whole idea is that how do we create a very interesting teaching learning journey where a young person comes into the program they're able to set their goals and what they're being able to learn is actually based on what they set out as goals in the pathways so that's again like an interesting flagship uh, you know product that we've put out yeah so you spoke about women learners uh, i was actually reading some data and according to labor force participation data only 21% uh, of women are there in the labor force across the country uh, which is a very low percentage and uh, then how do you plan to uh, tackle this issue of supporting women in their transition to the work world at quest yeah i think that's a really really critical problem uh, you know we all need to solve for and i think despite of so many focused concerted efforts uh, i think the problem of uh, women participation in the workforce continues to remain low and i think uh, this problem is far more deep rooted than what we see on the surface right like right from the time of the fact and again i think i can recollect a lot of my own experiences uh, you know despite of growing up in a family which is uh, supposedly fairly modern you know a middle class family uh, i i still do remember that uh, i didn't have a lot of voice into family decisions at all time neither did my mother so i think like these things become very deep rooted right where mm-hmm. as young people when 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 women do not even have a voice in key matters uh, you know it it somewhere erodes their self confidence right and and continuously experiencing that you know makes us all as women often times you know have a very low self worth or self esteem even as we grow up right Right. So this Absolutely. sort of you know sort of becomes a pattern and and i feel like as we want more and more women to enter the world of work and be more participative in the labor 
uh, force. Uh, I think we need to solve this problem right at the beginning, uh, right? Like, how do we treat our girl child at home? Uh, what kind of access do they have? Is there a differential treatment they are experiencing? You know, what kind of a voice are we creating? So, and I think another big thing is that you know you need really strong role models at, as women to be out there because you cannot be what you cannot see, right? In some sense. I think being able to create these role models becomes really, really critical. And hence, at Quest, uh, you know, across all of our programs, whether we work with middle schools or secondary schools or out-of-school children as part of our vocational programs, we we really uh, want to focus on, and we, in fact, do already focus on uh, women. So as part of our secondary schools program, uh, you know, the whole idea is that how do we expose more and more young women to technology, to STEM uh you know, uh, education and, and hence then STEM mindsets so they can take more and more technology-based careers uh, going forward. Because again, if you look at the number of women who end up in STEM careers versus men, it's dismally low, right? Other big aspect of work that we do is with younger children in schools, uh, in our middle school program, where we work with these girl champions and these girl champions really enable a lot of the other women in the community to have that confidence, have that voice, because they work with them very closely. And mm-hmm. and even in our, you know, in our youth program, uh, the focus is, uh, is a lot on women. We work with a lot of women-only institutions because, because with girls, I think with given, given the amount of if I may call it damage, you know, and the, the deep-rooted uh, stereotypes that exist, I think there is a lot of dedicated focus that is required at all levels to be able to give, uh, you know, women that voice, their agency and their access. So we we have started a lot of interesting initiatives like like I was talking about earlier, a mobile library for our girl uh, students, the focus of the STEM program being on girls uh, and, and all of that. Yeah, we work with, uh, with the women in a lot more focused manner across all of our programs. Superb. So how effective do you think are skilling and vocational training programs in increasing the employability quotient of workers? So uh, I feel like, you know, from the time the skilling programs and all started, uh, you know, uh, I think the focus of these programs have always been largely on technical skills. Uh, so, you know, one of the big sort of set of institutions that we work with is uh, government-run industrial training institutions. These are largely institutions that train young people on industrial jobs, such as like becoming a welder or becoming an electromechanic. So basically, you know, more hard skills. And and we also work with about 40 other not-for-profit organizations that focus on more the service sector jobs, uh, like retail, uh, hospitality, BPO, nursing, those kinds, right? And across the spectrum, you know, when we started to work uh, in this space of vocational training, we noticed that most of these uh, institutes and organizations focused on only technical skills. But what they didn't focus on is the whole idea of 21st century skills, the softer elements of the skills, uh, you know, which which really are needed for young people to succeed. And these could be skills around, uh, you know, career development, life skills, digital skills, uh, financial literacy, communication in English, because those are required for certain jobs. So we as an organization really like, you know, took it upon ourselves also and really like uh, worked with a lot of these existing players in the ecosystem because we as Quest do not ever want to start like, you know, our own institutions or create a parallel system, but really focus on how do we strengthen the system. 
So our entire conversation and, and approach has been that how do we strengthen these existing vocational training spaces with a balance on these, uh, you know, softer elements of skills and the 21st century skills as well. And I have to say this, right, that from the time we started about 10 years ago to where we are today, uh, there is a huge shift in terms of recognition that these skills are, in fact, probably more important than uh, technical skills. And, and, and this recognition has actually come into the government as well. Like ITIs wow. have actually in- integrated a subject called employability skills into their curriculum, uh, you know, after a lot of these conversations. Uh, across the sector and across the ministries, uh, vocational training institutions and organizations have started to have a focus on these software elements far more. And as we interact with more and more employers, I think, you know, uh, they have started to recognize these things in a big way that, uh, and, and we hear this from them all the time, right? That uh, if you want to give us a good candidate, give us somebody who has high amount of learnability, high amount of confidence, how, high amount of critical thinking, Rest of the technical skills will teach them on the job, but we, we find it really difficult to train them on, on these aspects. Right. So I feel like as more and more, you know, the vocational training organizations and institutions focus on uh, technical skills, uh, focus on softer skills and not technical skills, I think uh, that is one very critical element. And the other very critical element for uh, the vocational training programs to be more and more successful is to have a very strong real world connect, right? Because uh, the whole idea of vocational training is that somebody quickly gets skilled and then enters the world of work, right? Without having to go through the formal education and spend 20, 15 years learning. So there, the whole focus on being ready for the world of work is very critical. And you can't be ready for the world of work by sitting in a classroom, right? You've got to be out there, do internships, do apprenticeships, do more exploration, call more industry people in the classrooms. I think those things make it really, really real uh, for young people. And I think that's when they really get job ready. And I feel like increasingly this realization is there uh, in the vocational training programs more and more that how do we increase our focus on on, on softer elements of skills? How do we increase our focus on real world connect? I think mm-hmm. uh, that's really led to a lot of improvement in the way vocational training has been happening in this country. Yeah, yeah, Absolutely. So thank you so much, Nikita, for taking out the time to talk to us. It was such a pleasure to have you. And I wish you all the best in your journey. And I wish all the best for Quest as well. Thank you so much, Pragya. It was lovely talking to you as well. So if you have any feedback or would like to feature an HD Smartcast Leadership Lessons, you can ping me at the rate Pragya Gulati on LinkedIn. You can also write to us at the rate HD Smartcast. HD Smartcast is present across social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and LinkedIn. For more such podcasts, go to htsmartcast.com. Thank you. This was an HD Smartcast original. HD Smartcast.